Welcome to the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source for unconventional advice and inspiration on the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. This is season three, the season of coronavirus. I'm actually kind of excited that I get to share expertise that I've gained in the last 20 years as a practitioner of alternative medicine and mind-body healing. If that sounds as weird to you as it did to me 20 years ago, don't worry. Weird is good. If you're a stepmom, you have to be at least a little weird to survive. Conventional wisdom does not cut it here. This season is about how to absolutely rock this end of the world as we know it thing. Not just survive it, not even just thrive through it. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to literally evolve yourself over the coming weeks or months. In fact, I think you won't even recognize yourself when this is over. And I mean that in a good way. Okay, at this point, you can pretty much throw a rock at the internet and hit someone giving you self-care advice. Yeah, yeah, put on your own oxygen mask. You've heard it all. Who's got time or the space for a luxurious bath with candles and soft music? You're looking for time to have a shower. The kind where you actually get to both wash your hair and dry it afterwards. You're working from home with kids underfoot. You're quarantined with a partner you were already this close to breaking up with before this happened. You were laid off and now you're the full-time homeschool teacher and camp counselor of your kids or maybe even someone else's kids. Self-care sounds like something from a fairy tale. Where do you steal the minutes and where do you go? More importantly, how do you hold on to your dignity when you're so frustrated you could throw something or just cry? Like, right this minute, what do you do to stay in the game, to keep going? How do you not telegraph your anxiety to your kids? Like, do they need to carry that for you? I'm going to share some really effective techniques for those mini resets you need minute by minute throughout the day. And there's going to be homework. You have to try these things out and see what works best for you. You'll have to develop a habit to actually do these things. It's no good to just know about them and then not use them. And and when you're feeling stressed or anxious, you don't really think about what to do to feel better. You're just inside of it. You have to practice noticing, being aware of how you feel and interrupting the train of thinking that you're stuck on if you want to change it. These are little things that don't take any time at all. And you can do them anywhere at all, either right in front of other people or in the bathroom with the door closed. You can do a lot in the bathroom besides washing your hands for 20 seconds. My number one suggestion is to remember to use your essential oils. If you're already a fan of essential oils, just use whichever ones you love. I'll suggest lavender as a great go-to. It's the main oil for releasing tension and anxiety, and it also smells just heavenly. It's one of my favorites. You can diffuse it, even if you just put a drop on a tissue in a few places that you walk by regularly. My favorite thing is to rub a drop or two between my palms, and then I run my hands through my hair. I got that trick from a friend and it works great without making your hair oily or anything. Besides lavender, I really love frankincense, which is an oil that helps connect you to your own inner wisdom and it dispels dark or dense energy. 
I'm also using a lot of the germ fighting blend called On Guard. It's pretty much the same blend as one called Thieves. You might know it by that name. And of course, they're great for repelling germs, but also for creating good energetic boundaries for yourself. I've actually been slathering myself with that one in a rollerball and I love it. If you want to apply essential oils to your skin, they need to be diluted with a carrier oil, something like olive oil or coconut oil. Just add a drop or two to about a teaspoon of the carrier oil and then you can rub it on yourself wherever you like. Take two minutes in the bathroom to massage your feet or run some oils through your hair. You'll feel like a new woman. My second trick is a breathing exercise. We know how powerful breathing can be. It's an important part of yoga practice and meditation, and it's what pregnant ladies learn as a part of management of the pain of childbirth. I mean, think about it. Breathing is right up there with biting on a bullet when it comes to pain control. So it can actually do wonders for emotional pain too, if you know what to do. This particular exercise is one I learned from Brene Brown. She does it sitting at her desk with a pencil and paper, and you can do that too. Or you can draw with your finger on the palm of your hand or on the bathroom mirror, if that's where you are. So you make four dots, like the four corners of a square, and you slowly trace between the dots, breathing in and out through your nose, that's very important by the way, while counting slowly to four between each dot. The reason to breathe through your nose is that it automatically restricts the flow of oxygen just a little bit so that we don't hyperventilate when we're feeling anxious or upset. And as we build up a little bit more carbon dioxide in our blood, it actually initiates your body's relaxation response reflexes. So let's do this together. Draw or even just imagine four dots at the four corners of a square and we'll start at one corner and breathe slowly. We'll start breathing in, two, three, four, and turn the corner out, two, three, four, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. It's good to make sure that your belly is filling up with air and pushing out. That action of your diaphragm also activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is in charge of all the relaxing functions of your body. So let's go again and pay attention to your belly. Okay, here we go. In, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. Easy, right? Number three is one that I've described for you before uh, in an episode from a couple of weeks ago. This one is called ESR, which stands for Emotional Stress Release. And this is a move that comes from the world of touch for health and brain gym. What you do is cover your forehead very lightly with one hand, sort of as if you were checking your own temperature. With that light pressure, you close your eyes and think about whatever is the source of your most intense feeling right now, whether that's resentment, frustration, 
aggravation, or maybe disappointment. Play yourself a little mental movie clip of what's happening to make you feel that way. You just run about 20 seconds of that movie for yourself and really get into the feeling. So let's do it together right now. First, think of something that's bothering you and and give a number to rate how intense that feeling is from 1 to 10. Then cover your forehead lightly with your hand, close your eyes, and play a short movie clip of that situation that's making you have this big emotional feeling. Really visualize what's bothering you in an active scene. The chaos in your home or people being noisy, maybe disrespectful. Maybe it's about your stepkids coming to visit from their other home where they're not being careful about social distancing, whatever you like. Now, run that movie again. Just really look at it. See the people involved. Notice everything in color with sound. Feel the feeling as intensely as you can. Don't forget to breathe. When you've done that, I want you to play the movie again. But this time, insert a nice ending. Make it all turn out the way you want. See your kitchen all clean and tidied. See the kids quietly doing their work or playing together without fighting. See a bright white light all around your home protecting you from all the viruses. Just watch this part of the movie, the happy desired outcome with everything that you want it to be. When you're ready, open your eyes and take your hand away. Check in with yourself. What number would you give your level of intensity around that emotion now? It should definitely be at least a little lower than it was before. If you want to get it down even more, just do another round. The fourth technique is also one that I've described to you before, also from Brain Gym. This one is called thinking caps or brain on. You use your thumb and forefinger to gently pull and unroll the outer edge of each ear. You start at the, at the top of your ear where it attaches to your head and gently pinch the outer part of the ear and pull it outwards, unrolling that flap of cartilage there. Then move down bit by bit slightly and do it again. Move down, pull and unroll and then move down more, pull and unroll, pull and unroll, lower and lower, all the way down to your earlobes. If you have earrings in, it's a good idea to pop them out just for a minute to do this. When you've done the whole ear all the way, go back to the top and do it again. So go around three or four times. And of course you do this on both sides, either together or one at a time. You know, the ears are a hologram of all the acupuncture points on the whole body. So you're really massaging all of your organs by doing this. You'll find that this technique is particularly amazing for releasing tension in your neck. And that's where many of us store our stress. By the way, I've done this in front of people loads of times and nobody has ever asked me what the heck I'm doing. So you'd be surprised. The last of these five techniques is a quick meditation exercise that I learned from my friend Duda Baldwin. She was a guest on this podcast in season two, 
She's known as the founder of an online program called Little School of Buddhism. You can Google that if you'd like to learn more. Anyway, she does a delightful little meditation that you can do anywhere in front of anybody. You just look around you and name whatever you see with a single word, a shape or a color or a material. I'll do it now to demonstrate. Chair. Red. Cloth. Wood. Phone. Cup. Wood. Black. Bowl. Window. Orange. It's so simple, but it really serves to break your pattern of thinking and get you out of your head for just 60 seconds or so. And it's enough to sort of do a refresh on your mind's inner screen. So those are things that I use on a regular basis to bring myself back from the brink, so to speak. And I'm incredibly lucky, I know it, that I get lots of time to invest more in self-care. I actually meditated twice today and I went out of the house twice for a walk. On my morning walk, I listened to one of my favorite podcasts, which is Broken Record with Rick Rubin. Of all things today, he was interviewing Jack Cornfield, who's one of the main teachers of Buddhist mindfulness in the West for the past 40 years. This is mostly a music podcast, but Rick Rubin happens to be friends with Jack Cornfield, and he asked him to offer some wisdom to listeners who are struggling to say to stay centered during this pandemic chaos. He did a beautiful guided meditation that I actually really loved. You can listen to it too. I highly recommend it. Check out the Broken Record podcast and just look for the bonus episode with Jack Cornfield. I really loved one particular thing he shared, which was a quote from the global spiritual leader, Thich Nhat Hanh, who said that back in the late 70s, when the Vietnamese people were fleeing their country by the thousands in tiny boats, which often capsized, they knew that if everyone on the boat panicked when there was bad weather or pirates, they would all perish. But if even one person remained calm, it was enough to restore calm to the whole group. That quote reminded me of another thing that made a really big impact on me. Do you remember the story of the boys' soccer team in Thailand who became trapped in a flooded cave with their young coach? I was addicted to watching the coverage of that. I, I think everyone in the world was watching day after day until the searchers actually found them alive, incredibly, after nine days in the pitch black with no food. One professional rescue diver even died trying to get to them. And the one who eventually found them had been swimming through murky tunnels for four and a half hours with no idea if he was even going in the right direction. Like, what if he had given up at the four-hour mark? Anyway, that guy's persistence in the face of hopelessness is just one of the things that stuck with me. Mostly what got to me was the part about that young coach, the guy who kept the boys alive until they could be rescued. He had actually been trained as a monk, and he lived from age 12 to 22 as a novice 
in a Buddhist monastery. It seems that he had taught the boys to meditate as a way to cope with the stress of basically waiting to die. And that explains how it was possible that 12 adolescent boys were reportedly found smiling and calm, if weak from malnutrition. They even allowed themselves to be sedated and strapped into closed stretchers for a three-hour underwater journey that the anesthetist himself firmly believed had zero chance of succeeding. And every single one of them got out alive. So this young man, who had lost all his family to disease and who spent his formative years in a monastery, had the precise skills needed to save the lives of those boys in his care, and he did it against all odds. He was exactly the right person for that job, and he had the precise skill set that was needed for those extraordinary circumstances. So, it's time for you to be the medicine that everyone around you needs. Be the medicine. Be the one who helps everyone around you, just with your composure and your compassion. You can do it. You just have to remind yourself often that even if others are panicking, you can help them by staying calm. You help everyone by doing whatever it takes to maintain your own even keel, and even better, by raising your vibration. And you know what I'm going to say next about that, right? Break out that gratitude journal. There was never a better time. You have lots to be grateful for. If you're listening to this, be grateful that there's an internet, that your connection is working, and so is mine, so that I could record this. Be grateful that this pandemic is causing big waves, but we're riding them out, and the end is in sight. Make time for your gratitude journal, even if you don't do any of the other things on this list. Gratitude is your ticket to the high vibration that will make you a beacon of hope and strength for everyone around you, whether you notice that happening or not. I'm not a meditation teacher, but I've been meditating pretty seriously for over 20 years, and that practice informs everything I do. One of the things that Jack Cornfield talked about on the podcast today was the idea that each of us from childhood onward is like the pilot of a cargo boat, and our only job in life is to deliver the cargo that's on our boat to its destination. The cargo is your unique gift, whatever it is, and the destination is the world, which is anxiously awaiting delivery. The world needs your gift, and it's probably not how fast you can run or how high you can jump. It's the thing that makes you who you are. It's why you're here whether you know it or not. As Jack Cornfield says, it might be as simple as a pleasant disposition that makes others feel seen and at ease. I think my special gift is clearly seeing what's special in other people, what's uniquely valuable about them. And I use the process of coaching to help you see it for yourself and to support you in delivering that gift to the world. It's what you're bringing to your stepfamily for sure. And the more you can get clear on what your contribution there is supposed to be and to let go of whatever is in the way of delivering your gift, the sooner you can get to experiencing the real joy of life. 
So back to coronavirus. If you'd like to take advantage of this unprecedented freeze frame moment in time that we're experiencing right now and use it to do something really extraordinary for yourself, like discover and deliver your own gifts, let me hear from you and we can chat about what my coaching process looks like and whether I'm the right person to accompany you on a journey of evolution. You can reach me anytime at info at essentialstepmom.com. That's all for this podcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks for being part of this community, bringing stepmoms together from 49 countries at last count. You're not alone. You are anything but alone. We're bound together by our determination to beat the statistics, to keep our families together, to get it right, to last long enough to enjoy some really good times. Please let me hear from you. My personal private email is info at essentialstepmom.com and you'd be welcome to join my closed Facebook group by sending a join request to The Spectacular Stepmom. Thank you.